Alright, the generator is still on. Okay, it's not that hot. Was it hot? I guess it was a little bit hot today. Yeah, alright, maybe. Gold looking good. You think it's still a replacement for cash? Inflation hedge? Hmm. Episode number 31 has been recorded. I'll have that up shortly. GoPro battery. Swollen and stuck. Oops. <laughs> and my noodle place is gone. Thursday, July 21st, 2022. I'm Steven Sersky, folks. Hope you're doing well. Uh, this here is my uh, daily audio digest in which I yik-yak about some of the things that are going on here in Beijing, China, which is where I live. Uh, I do have a few projects that I uh, keep track of on my website. StevenSersky.com is where I archive everything. Uh, and I've also uh, started posting a little bit more to YouTube as well under uh, Steven's Language Vlog with the idea to practice my Chinese language so you can have a listen to that and uh see how i'm progressing uh yeah the um i guess with the generator still being on i can't uh, hold it against them too much um it was warm today it was sunny today and since we are what only four days into the futian or something like that uh, i'm not sure the guy just probably forgot to shut it off anyway. Uh, but yeah, maybe they're they're running their air conditioner or something. It seems to be uh, pretty common and yeah. Oh well, going to have to live with it. Anyway, um, looking at uh, gold, crypto. Have you looked at what crypto has done lately? I'm looking at these uh, the futures today and it's a bloodbath. Crude oil is down by 4%. Um, that's WTIC. Even gold was down quite a bit. Uh, natural gas down by 3% today. Markets are a bit flat overall. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's July. We're already, we're more than halfway through the year. A lot of the investment banks, a lot of the banks are talking about how uh, the first, like there was going to be a bottom in June. And when they say that, it's like, well, they're, they're the, basically the biggest hands in the market. So if they're saying that June is the bottom, <laughs> guess what it is usually? <laughs> June is the bottom in the market. Uh, so I've been watching this lately, and yeah, things are sort of moving sideways. And uh, even though oil has been going down recently, uh, which kind of indicates something is happening with Russia and uh, the the OPEC and all that stuff, some sort of trade deal or whatever. I don't know exactly. I couldn't even pretend to know uh, all the uh, ins and outs of that. But I do know that these futures, when they move like this, the story of why usually comes out later. That's that's what I've learned in all my years of uh, taking a look at the uh, stock market. I'm not sure if, you, uh, if you're in Beijing if you've, or in China, if you saw those uh, bank runs in Zhengzhou. Um I'm not sure <laughs> they actually solved the problem uh, by turning all of the health codes red. Now, of course, they're going to say, you know, that it was all natural sort of uh, um, happening and everything. But, yeah, you can imagine if one person gets flagged as a close contact and you go and you've signed up or you're in a, um, this group that's heading towards Zhengzhou, you all turn red all of a sudden. It's like, oh, well, you're close contact. Well, how close do you have to be to be close contact, Right. Anyway, with this um, and the price of gold falling and uh, cryptocurrencies falling, 
Uh, I haven't looked at crypto just yet here. Let's see what is block block. Um, um, Bitcoin is twenty two five seven four twenty two thousand five hundred seventy four. Litecoin is fifty six. Ethereum uh, fourteen ninety two. That's up actually fifty percent since it hit a thousand a week ago or so. Ripple is thirty five whatever's thirty five cents American. Uh, yeah, I I still can't think that Bitcoin is a big thing or uh, I, I I don't see how it can be used. It's too hard. It's too difficult to get in and out of it. Uh, basically, uh, there's no. It's not. It's not major. Majorly. It's not a major utility, basically. It's not. It's not like cash, like credit cards. It's not even like digital payments. Even though it is a digital payment, it's not the same as the digital cash that's available. The digital balances that are available in your your banking. I, I bring this up because actually today um, I did record episode number thirty-one of my podcast, and um, we were talking about sort of what we're looking forward to in the future. What what are some of the opportunities available um, for people who are involved in um, like media creation and stuff like that and it was like what about nfts and the metaverse you know how how involved are you with this and i i explained what little i know about nfts and uh i i think i think i'm getting getting a better understanding of it as well and how it can sort of be used uh so it's certainly a good thing but at the same time uh i do understand that there there i have questions as well i'm like well wait a minute how is this going to work um, but I can't, just because I'm confused about it, I can't write it off. And all this sort of comes together going, if gold has fallen, it's a seasonal bo- bottom in gold right now in the summer months, the markets are turning around. Does, would you, as a young person, go get cash from the bank and buy gold with it? Or, I mean, China, it's actually here, it's very easy. You can literally link your uh, bank account to your gold um, Tozza fund, your gold investment fund, and buy gold directly from your bank account. It's, it's a click of a button. That's it. That's it. You do have to be careful. Like, if you're going to look into this, I'm going to tell you um, there is a, a difference between the bid and the ask. So, bid is what people are willing to sell it for, uh, are willing to buy it for, and ask is what people want for that gold. And that always goes in favor of the bank. Um, with uh, gold, typically, uh, they, there's a bid of 0.15 renminbi. So it's what, 15 mao or so, something along those lines. Oh, there we go. Yeah. And with that, the idea being that you can't buy, you can't trade it. Like the, if you're going to buy physical gold from this, uh, from the bank, and what I mean is that if you are buying the gold to be redeemed, and Chinese people have done this before, like they do this quite a bit actually. Um, if you're buying gold to be redeemed, there's a there's a 0.15 renminbi bid ask spread, and the reason for that is to prevent day trading of physical gold. Now there are digital certificates that you can trade as well. Uh, those are cheaper, um, but they also, you, you can't redeem them. So you can't buy a bunch, like a thousand uh, grams of silver or whatever, and then, or like a hundred grams of gold and then go to the bank and demand your gold. It's not meant for that. It's digital certificates. Um, I, I don't, honestly, I'm thinking about now going, I don't know what they guarantee those things with then. I get maybe, they, I guess they guarantee them with cash. So they would be cash secured, um, gold, 
cash cash backed gold ETFs or gold gold certificates. That's that's how it would sort of work uh, in that regard, which might sound confusing. All it means is that you're you're trading an asset that is matching the movement of the price of gold, but instead of it being backed by gold, if you ever went to the bank, they just give you your money. They just give you a, a, a you know envelope full of cash and tell you to have a nice day basically whereas the other type of gold if you're buying the physical gold for for redemption then that one point uh, that point one five difference is uh meant so that you're not day trading that uh, that asset uh, but you can do that and they do does anyone under does anyone do that do any foreigners i know do that? i know one guy who used to and that's it um and but everybody else i mean it's like they'd, they'd rather talk about cryptocurrencies blockchain uh they want to talk about uh that's all they want to talk about the stock market is a scam um but no one and even trading chinese stocks oh i think i think people are gambling with it these people aren't involved in it but that's that's what their their impression is i don't know would you buy physical gold and silver? Would you tell me if you did? I mean, you don't. Uh, if you want to tell me in confidence, that's fine. I mean, I'm not going to uh, blither blather about this. Oh, so and so bought gold. Uh, but uh, the idea being that gold has always been an inflation hedge, and if inflation is like three or four percent, that means that gold, on on average per year, should beat that three to four percent. Now, as an asset, it does fluctuate with market demand and uh, supply. I mean, not that it really fluctuates too much with supply, uh, but market demand is more what causes its uh, price fluctuation. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. Whether talking about NFTs, blockchain being the next iteration of currencies, you know, um, whereas, like, would people rather have a crypto wallet or would people rather have a piece of gold in their pocket? Very good question. Anyway, episode 31, yes, was recorded today. I managed to uh, finally meet up with my guest uh, through Zoom, of course. And I had a little... We had some technical difficulties. We didn't have technical... Di- yes, we did have technical difficulties because... Zoom has now capped my meeting length to only 40 minutes. Uh, I don't pay for Zoom. I use the free version because that's basically all I use it for. Um, and I guess within the last couple of months since I recorded my last episode, it's uh, they've now capped my my usage of the platform. I was thinking about buying the pro version because with the pro version, you can also get transcripts. And that would sort of solve one problem that I have. Um, with generating this type of a, a conversational podcast, uh, but um, I don't do it very often. Maybe I could buy it like once a month, like the month that I'm going to record. But even still, I don't arrange guests very often, so uh, like it's sort of whenever people have time. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Maybe I'll stick just you know just make it part of the uh, uh, invitation. Uh, it's like we're gonna do three different segments because that's what Zoom enables me to do for free. <laughs> How's that? Uh, and then also today, I realized that I have been I've been doing this um, time lapse of uh, the compound that I live in, and uh, outside. Well, actually, it's outside. It's pointed up. Uh, so and it's just basically the a picture of outside, basically, and I. <laughs> I took it, the GoPro down today to uh, record as a secondary device uh, this this podcast, and I tried to get the battery out, and I realized I couldn't because it was 
kind of exploded, but kind of not. It popped. Yeah, like the the adhesive for the the pull tab adhesive was off, and I'm like going, what's what's going on here? And you could see that the battery had swollen, and I was thinking like that's kind of dangerous actually, having a swollen battery plugged into a GoPro that is stuck in a window at plus 35. Good thing I looked. I mean, wow. Uh, so I spent some time getting it out. It was actually wasn't it wasn't damaged overall like there was no uh, fissures or cracks or anything like that uh it, but it was sort of one of those things where i was like okay just be careful with that uh make sure that uh it's not gonna explode or anything right i looked into uh whether i can still use it i could but i wouldn't feel safe with it so i think that's uh that's a battery that's gone <sighs> I have another battery, so it's not a big deal. Um, but uh, for the time lapse now, I've, I've taken it out uh, and I just have it plugged in. So I, I'm not sure if I if I just have it plugged in whether or not it will um, if it'll lose the information if the power goes out because it's connected to a power cord, but there's no backup energy source now for the GoPro, right? So uh, that, that was kind of why I had the battery in there, was in case I ever accidentally knock something or whatever, uh, it was sort of the, uh, the backup power supply. Seeing that it's melting and puffing up and kind of trying to explode, I, I, maybe it's not such a good idea. Uh, my grand idea to uh, time-lapse the summer might have to uh, come to an end, let's put it that way. <laughs> um, of all things... Last night, I uh, forgot to uh, mention this, the uh, noodle place by my apartment is gone. Uh, and this has been, it's been one of these places uh, that is, uh, what you, it's the last holdout, I guess you would say, of the, the, the strip, uh, the, the strip malls. It was like it's a strip mall type of place. It's all it was all like these noodle places, hot pot places, chuar places before, um, and the chuar bars got shut down years ago, prior to COVID. I think maybe it was during COVID they shut them down. Um, then there was a series of hot pot places further towards the the Third Ring Road, and those all got knocked down last year or earlier this year. This noodle place, I've posted pictures of it before. It was great because it was uh, one of these uh, shops that catered to like the working man and woman who were going by that intersection all the time. Um, so like a lot of taxi drivers, a lot of delivery per personnel, and a lot of workers in that area would go there. Um, and it was just like one of those, I want to. it's not like a greasy spoon, not like a greasy diner. It was just like your typical... They make noodles. That's <laughs> noodles, variations of noodles. There you go. This, you want noodles? We got them. If you don't want noodles, we don't got it. <laughs> they did have breakfasts in the morning as well, like the baozi and the um, jiaozi and the uh, youtiao, but theirs wasn't very good, so we didn't go there very often. Um, I think we only went there to remind ourselves why we didn't go there for breakfast. But it was open all the time. It was open 24 hours, uh, so it was one of those places I would stop off uh, if I was looking for some noodles at that time and didn't feel like going down to the Kaolong Mian place, which is across the whole intersection and everything like that, uh, like a bit further on. So, But it's gone. It's knocked down. Uh, I went by there yesterday evening, and yeah, it's um, emptied. I guess they're going to... Uh, reduce it to rubble very quickly which is what they did with the rest of the buildings um the former chuar places is a, is a 
almost like a garbage dump. It's actually a NAT testing center now <laughs> for these NAT tests. Uh, but uh, the hot pots are some little, I don't know what they are. They're like little, uh, they seem like they should be for NAT tests, but they're not. I don't know what they're actually, they're, they're little cabins. Uh, but they're very, they're nice and clean and everything, and they're too small to be, like, for a major purpose. Uh, they could sort of like a security sort of uh, layout sort of thing, but I, I don't know. It's not like a, it's not like a hidden place or anything. Like that. I'm just saying I have no idea what's there, but it's not functional, and it's not used, not not food, which was, uh, which is too bad, because those, some of them were actually good hot pot places. They were very popular places. Uh, and then this noodle place, I guess they're going to knock it out, uh, and I guess... I don't know what they're going to do. There's a railway that runs along that area that I don't know, like that whole area has been sort of decrepit for a long time. It hasn't been cared for, probably because they, they told the owners, like, we're going to rip this thing down anyway. Uh, so you can make your peace with it now or later, doesn't matter. Uh, but uh, at some point, this is all getting redone. And today was, or yesterday was the day when they shut down that noodle place, which is one of the last ones, last few remaining places. What they do with the rest of it, I'm not sure if they're going to remodel that train station or that those train tracks. It does lead up to the East, Beijing East train station. If We went there one time, we went to the Great Wall, and yeah, it was like tiny, wow, so not high-speed train station at all. It was, you were locked out of the train station until the train was arriving, and then you were let in. And then you get on the train, and it was closed up again, and everyone disappeared. It was like a ghost town afterwards. Uh, so maybe they're redoing it. Maybe they're going to uh, buffer up another uh, train station here in, in Beijing. Uh, they might. They've done it before. But no idea. Sadly, that noodle place, uh, as authentic as it was, or that's the word I was looking for, authentic. Uh, yeah, it didn't survive the um, the joy. Uh, the, what was it? Yeah, it's the Jai. Jai or Jai? Jai. The, the wrecking ball, basically. Oh, well. I guess I'll have to find another place, which... Um, oh, I did find that there is... A couple weeks ago or a couple months ago, I mentioned that my Kaolongnan place, the place I used to go to, uh, is it was taken down. Well, of all things, there is a new one. I don't think it's the same people, but it it's the same style, uh, and it looks very similar, so I'm not sure exactly what happened there, uh, and I probably never will know, but it's in the exact same location as uh, the, the previous place, but it's not the same uh, guy that was working there. I know that this guy's a little bit younger, a little bit more wide-eyed, and yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. Anyway, but there's a new uh, Kalong Man place there, uh, and, uh, and they... It's also like, I didn't try the Jinbing. I guess I should try the Jinbing to compare it there. The Kowloon Man was actually pretty good, uh, which is always nice after a night of uh, a few beers, which is what last night was, basically. All right, folks. Uh, so, again, yes, episode number 31 has been done, and I will be uh, editing that over the next little while. I should have that open or up on my website uh, within the week or so. And I think, you know, once I get my, a bigger hard drive to uh, accommodate some of the video files, I think I'll start popping some of this stuff up onto YouTube as well uh, so you can sort of see what goes on with uh, the podcast as well. Um, show notes and tracks uh, and vids 
up on my website, stephenserski.com. You can take a look there. Uh, and of course, all the archives for this uh, here uh, audio digest are available on my website. Or if you want to listen online, anchor.fm backslash stephenserski. That's where it is. Oh, and one last little thing. If you want to learn about ancient Greece, head over to my language vlog. I, re I read some... Uh, uh, it's all in English, but I read the opening paragraph to the simple English Wikipedia page. I thought that was a neat little experiment trying that out. So let me know what you think. All right, folks, thanks for uh, listening in. Have a good one. Uh, stay happy and healthy out there and stay cool above all. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again. Bye-bye. I was asked to read something about ancient Greece. I have a former student who was interested in learning more about ancient Greece and Rome. And so today I figured for the English language learners out there, I would read out a portion of the simple English Wikipedia page for ancient uh, for the ancient Greek civilization. If you're ready, let's begin. The ancient Greek civilization. The ancient Greek civilization, also commonly known as ancient Greece, was a large place in the northeast of the Mediterranean Sea where people spoke the Greek language. It was a much larger country than the Greece that we know today. The civilization of the Greeks thrived from the Archaic period of the 8th and 6th centuries BC to 146 BC. The period ended with the Roman conquest of Greece in the Battle of Corinth. For most of this time, the Greeks did not have one government or ruler. They did, however, have a common language and culture. The Greek language is an Indo-European European language. The Greek language is an Indo-European language. There were many city-states, each with its own constitution. Athens, Sparta, and Corinth were powerful city-states. Some had kings, and some, like Athens, had a form of democracy. As time went on, the most powerful cities collected other cities into groups known as leagues. This applied to many of the Greek colonies in Asia Minor, most of which had close ties to one or another of the three colossal cities. In the middle of this period, there was Classical Greece, which flourished during the 5th to 4th centuries BC. Athenian leadership successfully repelled the threat of, per of the Persian invasion in the Greco-Persian Wars. The Athenian Golden Age ended with the defeat of Athens at the hands of Sparta in the Peloponnesian War of 345 BC. In the last Hellenistic period, Greece was unified by the conquests of Alexander the Great. The city-states continued under the overall influence of Macedonia. Greek culture had some influence on the Roman Empire, the premier power of the ancient world. In this way, classical Greece was part of the foundation of Western civilization. Greek was also the language of the Byzantine Empire. All right, hope you guys enjoyed that. And uh, <laughs> let me know if there's anything else you'd like to have read out loud. Have a good one. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye.